back. Hello and welcome back to the HFFL pod. This is our first off-season pod of the year. I have Corey with me. Corey, how you doing? What's up, Jimmy? Great, baby. Good to have you back, brother. And Ryan, of course, trusty Ryan, back in action here. Ryan, how's it going? It's great. What's up, HFFL? Good to be back. Absolutely. Very excited. Very excited to be back. Got a first, obviously, we got to start with a little shout out to Scott. Got to let him, you know, let him bask in it. He earned it. The big trophy's still sitting at my house. We got to find a time to uh, get together, and if not, then at Ryan's party. What's the dates, Ryan? What's the dates for the party? Oh, sure. June eleventh, Ryan. June eleventh, Ryan. And twelfth. And twelfth. Don't yes. rob him of a day. Friday the eleventh, Saturday the twelfth. Be there. Be square. We, we need to do this draft, right, Corey? We got to do the draft while we're there. I think that'd be sweet. Like, what, what's, the, what's the point? We got of a lot of things to do. Draft? I think it'd be sweet. I think it'd be sweet. Even if we just dicked around and did the first round, I think it'd just be sweet. And as somebody who doesn't have a pick in the first round, it's a very easy decision for me. Well, let's fire away. Let's do it. Hey, and don't you fuckers think you're coming over my house and not getting in a good pool basketball game? Oh, I'm in for that. Down for sure. (laughs) Corey thinks he's good at cornhole too, so we'll see how that goes down. We'll see. We'll see. All right, so we are gonna we're gonna go over the 2020 season briefly. Um, just a couple little things there. We will review the 2020 draft, and then we're gonna do a redraft of the 2020 rookies. Um, so that's that's what's on the agenda here tonight. I want to start off with a little goodbye to Greg. Um, you know, I know a lot of people in the league didn't really know Greg, but Greg was a good owner. Um, he took over in this league. I think it was 2011, 2010. Um, he won a title in 2012. He was 65, 64, and one in his 11 seasons. I'm sad to see him go. He came into this league at a time when the league was hanging on by a thread. Um, we replaced, Ryan, I can't even remember, seven, eight, nine owners in two off seasons. Yeah. We had a commission exchange of power. Um, the league barely made it. And, and Greg was a big reason that we did. You know, I've always considered Greg a good friend. Um, he was there. Him and his wife, Adrienne, were there for me when my dad died. You know, they had moved to Georgia. My dad lived in Georgia. I spent a lot of time with them uh, when we were down there. You know, and, and losing Greg from this league is probably going to cost me my friendship with Greg, which which really, truly it sucks. You know, it's something that that really bothers me. Um, but it is it is what it is. You know, the man had 15 lineup infractions in the last 32 regular season games, and that's just not acceptable. Um, the league deserves better. Um, I apologize to you guys, HFFL, for not seeing this last year. You know, I really wasn't babysitting lineups. It's not really something I like to do. Um, obviously, with us having the podcast this year, everything was kind of in the limelight a little bit more. I mean, it was something, you know, we're, we're checking every matchup every single week. It's very easy to see, you know, Greg's, Greg's missing all these things that are very obvious. And frankly, if you're paying attention, very easy to catch. Um, so, again, I apologize to you guys. You know, Greg, if you're listening, I don't know if you are, probably not. But I apologize to you. But this just had to happen. And uh, I hope we're able to move forward from this like adults and, and move on. But uh, welcome to Mr. Hagerman. I know nothing about you other than your Scott's friend. So you must be a douchebag. Um, I hope that guy, uh, <laughs> Hope I get to meet you here uh, June 11th. Got him. Got him. Scott, Scott the champion douchebag. Uh, I feel like we should have played the Sarah McLaughlin music theme through there. Um, but also, damn it, forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I, it was something good, too. Well, if you oh, think I'll of just it, we'll have to keep that in my head. There you go. So we're going to start with our uh, 2020 recap here. 
Uh, we'll start with our biggest surprise team of the year. Who was it for you, Corey? I mean, there's a good segue, Jimmy. It had to be had to be Greg, just because um, you know you talk about his multiple infractions um, this year, and yet he somehow he made the playoffs, right? Yep. Yeah. He makes the playoffs without setting a lineup three consecutive weeks in a row going yeah. into the playoffs. And, and so, um, yeah, he just he had a really a really good defense and he just had some really lucky matchups when it came to who he was playing. You know, he usually played for, it seemed like he always played the lowest scoring team of the week or, or, or maybe like the you know, lowest three, you know, Kyler Murray uh, carried him the first seven weeks. And you now he starts, I'm looking at right now, he starts Deandre Swift starting week six and he only had, and Deandre Swift from week six on only has two single digit weeks the rest of the season. And so he just, he, he got lucky. Um, and uh, I just hope Corey doesn't think that because Corey, uh, that Greg made the playoffs that he thinks that's something he's capable of doing. Cause I, I just don't think that's something he's capable of doing right now. Um, I don't, I, I think his team's not deep enough, um, but maybe, maybe he can have the luck that Greg did, but I just don't see it right now. Yeah. What do you think here, Ryan? Who's your biggest? Yeah, I, I picked the same team. I picked Greg's team. So I was thinking about it and I was like, man, the Greg's season, Greg's fantasy football season, and maybe his career, I feel like was a lot like his basketball game. <laughs> like if Greg was wide open, so like, you know, he's got all these players and you thought he was going to win or make the basket, like he was going to fucking let you down. <laughs> but when Greg came down, dribbled through his legs 13 times, didn't even look for a teammate to pass to had three guys on him shot a fadeaway like he was hitting it and that that was how greg was when he didn't start a lineup this year like when he didn't start a lineup he won when he started a lineup he lost like how does that work that's not fantasy football it's complete opposite of what should happen right um but yeah that's why he's my surprise team uh kyler murray i mean tyreek good defense that's what led him to the playoffs um but i i I tend to agree with Corey here. I, I don't think he's a playoff team. Well, he does have a lot of assets, though, going forward. Um, he's got 103, 106, yeah. 114, or something something along those lines. Um, so he, he's got a, a good look going forward, and he, you know, he could trade me uh, Tyreek, and we could, uh, we could speed this rebuild up. I, hint, hint. Uh, for me, the, the biggest surprise team is Walt. Um, he never should have been as good record-wise as he was. Um, seven and six is his best record in a decade. Um, but again, the, the points weren't there. Bottom four and potential points and points four. Um, very lucky year. You know, who knows if he can keep it up going forward. But it was nice to see signs of life out of Walt. And it, you know, because he saw signs of life, we got to see Walt baby love. We got to see, you know, him being more engaged and more interested in the league. So it was, I think it was very good for the league for Walt to have a good year there. Biggest disappointment of the year, Ryan, who do you got here? Uh, my biggest disappointment was the River Rats. Uh, he had, I mean, he was the best running, well, the best NFL running back, I would say. Um, and he's got a really good wide receiver group. Uh, I, I mean, he was just unlucky, and his defense absolutely killed him this year. Uh, I, I don't think he has to go full rebuild. Uh, I do think that he was, he, he still has a pretty good team. I don't think he's, you know, a championship contending team. Uh, but I do think that this year, this past year was kind of a fluky type year. Like, I think that he's a, you know, 
right on the edge of being a playoff team. Yeah. Corey? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Ryan here. I, I did do uh, SJ River Rats. Any team that has the same record as me under, <laughs> under, under, underperformed, especially when you have Derrick Henry and, uh, you know, Allen Robinson, you, Jerry Judy, Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Um, you had, you know, Austin Hooper, who I thought going into this past year was going to be a top 12, top 10 uh, tight end. And uh, but I do disagree in the fact that, you know, Ryan said there's not a full rebuild. Listen, you just went two and 11 or two and 12, whatever it is. And if you go two and 11, two and 12, you're clearly not good enough to compete with the top four or five teams. And so if that's the case, you might as well just go full rebuild. Right. I mean, if you're cool, if you're fourth or fifth or sixth best team in the league, that gets you absolutely nothing. And so he does have some assets still here. Um, but I think, you know, Derrick Henry, Todd Gurley, they're, they're getting older, they're not getting younger. Todd Gurley and, and, and you know, especially Derrick Henry, he continues to put tread on his tires. And so if, if, I, if I was as Julian, I would, I would go to full rebuild, right? There's no point in a dynasty league being sixth place. And, and maybe that's where he belonged this year. Maybe he got unlucky, like Ryan said, but, um, you're not good enough to compete with Scott and Jimmy and Ryan yet. And if that's the case, you might as well start trading Mike Evans and Derrick Henry and see maybe two years away, you're, you have the possibility of competing again, but um, you went two and 11. You're not good enough right now to compete. So you might as well turn your roster over and see uh, what you can do in two or three years. That's, that's a very fair point. And it's probably really tough to argue with what you're saying there. It is tough to be just outside of what is possibly a championship team. So I, I definitely understand and see what you're saying there. Um, do you guys know who was the highest scoring team weeks 12 to 16 last week? I want to hear a guess. Hint, it was not the champion, Scott. I'm guessing it's Julian because we're fucking talking about Julian. What do you think, Ryan? The highest scoring team the last weeks of the last year. Five weeks of the year. Probably Rich Hill, actually. Trying to think who scored a lot of – it may have been <laughs> Rich Hill. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it might have been – I don't think it was Mike, was it? No, it was Brendan. Uh, so, Brendan yeah. was incredible. He finished incredible. He had the highest scoring team in the league at the end of the year. He started off super hot. First four weeks were amazing. Problem was weeks 5 to 11 were just garbage. He was trash. Um, it will be interesting to see going forward – you know, what he has to do, obviously all of us were very disappointed um, in his off season, you know, hindsight being 2020 selling Lamar Jackson at that value looks pretty good at the moment. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see going forward what he's able to do, but if he had, if he had snuck in, like Greg had snuck in, you know, I, I didn't run all the numbers like versus who he would be playing or whatever, but he was the highest scoring team, you know, for those five weeks. So it is possible that had he snuck in, he would have been the champion. So that's, that's kind of crazy to look at and see that he, you know, he was so hot there at the end. All right. So we are going to move on. We're going to talk about one buy and one sell candidate for each HFFL team. Um, we're going to start with Walt. So Corey, why don't you go ahead and start us off with a buy? So Corey will do a buy, Ryan will do a buy, I'll do a buy, and then we'll all do our sell. And, and, and so the way I looked at buys for me is, especially as a guy who would, I'm looking to buy off Walt's team. And so I'm looking for, maybe cheaper guys that I can get that have, that have high upside 
and maybe in a year or two or three, I'm not looking for a guy that can help me right now. And so I thought a, a buy for me was Cole Komet. Um, I know he's, I know he's a rookie and um, he didn't, didn't only had one week this season where he was double digits, but you know, watching those last couple games where he was averaging seven targets a game, and he reminded me of a young uh, Rob Gronkowski, where I thought he could really do a great job of boxing out guys in the in the in the red zone and and created space for himself. And so, uh, if I thought if maybe Walt thought, you know, looking at just if you just look at you know you pull up his 2020 season, you're not going to be turned on that much, but um, Watching him on the on the field, I thought he was a guy that um, had the potential of of being a top ten tight end. You know, I, I'm I'm hoping Jimmy Graham's not worth a shit in a in a year. And it sounds like the Bears are are thinking about going away from Mitch Trubisky, which I don't blame them at all. And if, if that's the case, I think Cole Komet could be a top tight end in two years. Okay, Ryan, what do you think here? Um, so I kind of did it maybe a little different than what Corey was talking about. I kind of just took a guy off of Walt's team that, um, that I thought was, you know, may have been undervalued last year, or didn't have that great of a year. And I think it's going to be a little better. Uh, and, and the guy for me on Walt's team this year is, is Leonard Fournette. I think that he's a, he's a buy guy, uh, right now. <clears throat> the price on Leonard Fournette would be pretty low, right? Like you're not going to give a bunch for a guy like Leonard Fournette. So I think that Walt should hang on to a guy like that. Um, and I do think that it, his year is going to be improved um, wherever he may be. Okay. Uh, for me, I guess the way I looked at this is me as a, as someone looking to trade, if I'm looking at a team and I see a player that I think is undervalued, you know, that I could buy for what, what I believe would be below market value of what they give you this year. That's how I determined it. Uh, so for me, it was Robbie Anderson, you know, over the course of his career, you always think deep threat. Um, you think a guy who's boomer bust and he really wasn't that this year he finished at wide receiver 23, but the first eight weeks of the year, he was wide receiver 12. Um, you know, and I don't think you have to pay anywhere near that to get him. So to me, that's the kind of guy that would be a very nice buy, you know, put him in your wide receiver three slot and you're getting top 30 numbers next year. So obviously at the wide receiver position. So that's, that's what I did there. So what about a sell Corey? Um, what's well, a good segue there, Jimmy, is I actually had, had Robbie Anderson as a sell Perfect. Um, because of what you just mentioned of his numbers in the first six or seven weeks. And then uh, his overall numbers, he scored 185.6 points this this last year, uh, I think a lot of that had to do with the, the fact that Christian McCaffrey only played what you know four or five games this year. Um, I thought Teddy Bridgewater is not the future of of the Carolina Panthers, and so um, if I can, if someone just looks at Robbie Anderson's numbers from this past year and says, "Ooh, look at how good he did, and look how great he was the first you know eight weeks," and and maybe they want to you know, pay that for Robbie Anderson. I'd be willing to do that because I, hey, I think DJ Moore is a better wide receiver than Robbie Anderson. I, we don't, there's a, there's a quarterback question when it comes to the Carolina Panthers in the future. And I think the lack of Christian McCaffrey um, probably bolstered uh, Robbie Anderson's numbers um, from the slot, especially. So um, I'd be willing to, to trade 
Robbie Anderson because he had such a great year. Perfect. Ryan, who's your sell? My sell, and I'm probably, you know, against many of the people. Um, my sell is Chris Carson. Uh, never been high on Chris Carson. I think that's why I would sell him in this moment because I feel like people are still on that Chris Carson bandwagon. Um, obviously, he was hurt for part of the year, but even in the games that, you know, he played, it just wasn't that great to me. Uh, he's now 26. It's funny that we think 26 is like aging, but 26 year old running back, he's got, you know, a few years left. Um, I think now is the time to sell Chris Carson because I don't, I honestly don't think he's going to be much better than what he was this year. And that's actually who I had too as his sell. Um, the guy's going to be 27. He's taken an absolute beating. He's not with Seattle right now. You know, he's unrestricted free agent. So is Seattle going to pay and bring him back or are they going to let him walk and then just, you know, play the next downtrodden guy that they find either late in the first round or late, not the first round, but late in the draft, like Carson or, you know, some no-name free agent or actually give Rashad Penny a chance. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I can't imagine them sinking a bunch of money into a running back at 27 years old who didn't stay healthy and has kind of always been nicked up just because he's such a bruiser. So I, I agree with you. I, I think his name is a little higher value than he actually should be at the moment, so I think that's a good sell. Uh, what about for Hagerman, Ryan? Who do you have as a buy for Hagerman? Uh, my buy for Hagerman. Um, I like Zach Moss. I know that he's, you know, kind of <clears throat> sharing with Singletary right now. They did last year. I just don't see it in Singletary. Uh, I think Zach Moss is the better back. I think later in the season we started to see that. Um, just from watching the two play, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's just what it feels like to me. So I think he's going to take the majority of the carries this year in Buffalo. Uh, so I, I think that that's who I would buy on his team. Okay. Uh, for me, it's DeAndre Swift. Um, obviously, being a Lions fan, we're all by, or not Ryan, but the majority of us are biased. Um, but to me, the biggest change is getting Anthony Lynn as an OC. I mean, obviously, him being a former running back and him being an OC, um, he, I think he will use DeAndre Swift kind of like he used Melvin Gordon. You know, he'll get a lot more opportunities out of the backfield. They get a lot more touches. Um, even Austin Eckler last year is a nice little blueprint for what you know, he could be going forward. So I'm very interested to see what they do with DeAndre Swift, but I expect a lot more opportunity in the receiving game. And obviously with us being that half PPR, that really gives him a nice boost. What do you have here, Corey, for a buy? Oh, I actually have Adam Troutman. I think uh, they just, they just cut. Um, Love Adam out. Troutman. Uh, who do they cut? They cut us there. What's the tight end? I Jared can't Cook. They, 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 they cut Jared Cook. Um, I think the tight end has always been um, part of the New Orleans Saints offense. Um, I think, you know, if, again, if you're looking at a guy you want to buy low on based on just his overall stats from this, this previous year, only scored 31 points. I think you can get him really cheap. And I think, um, especially for a guy like me, who's looking for the future, um, I think Adam Troutman is, is an easy buy low with a, with a high upside, um, you know, a third round, on draft capital that um, I'd be interested in getting if, if he's willing to give him for like a late third, even an early fourth. Um, and I, again, I don't know Cordy's thought process, but that's a guy. I tried I to, I, what'd, you do? what'd you do, Ryan? I, I tried to get him from Greg last year multiple times. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the guy I'm, I'm willing to, uh, to take a, 
take a stab at and see what his future um, holds. Nice. Um, what about a sell here, Ryan? Uh, my sell candidate for Hagerman would be uh, DeForest Buckner. Um, I do think DeForest Buckner, I'll lead off with, I do think he's a really good player. Uh, I also believe that 203 points is probably um, out of the realm of possibilities with him. Um, and if he proves me wrong, then good for Hagerman here. Um, but I also think that maybe he can get, you know, enough out of him to start rebuilding the team. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Tyreek. He should sell him to me and we should, uh, we should chat here, buddy. So let's, let's do that. Corey, what do you have as a sell? I, I, Jimmy, I, and this is not because I'm in cahoots with you, but I also have Tyreek Hill as a sell. Um, I, I don't think, you know, this is a guy coming from a guy that everyone knows in this league that, that if, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I like draft picks and I like to start from, from square one. And I think, uh, Tyreek Hill is a guy that you can get multiple first round picks for. Um, I don't know if he was 27 years old. He's not going to get younger. I know 27 sounds like young as a 32 year old, but um, you know, according to Jimmy, McCall Hardman is the next Tyreek Hill. And so um, if you can, if you can get a bun for Tyreek Hill, where probably his, his draft stock or his, his value is probably the highest they will ever be. I would try to get three first round or oops, two first rounds for this year and maybe one in 2022 and, and, and see if someone's willing to do that. Because I think, um, like I said, Corey, Corey has to rebuild because I don't think it seems good enough right now. Well, the problem with that is you own half of the first round and then he has the other half. <laughs> I don't know. Um, next up here is Scott. Um, I'm up first with a buy here for Scott. To me, the buy is Darius Leonard. Um, he's kind of coming off a down year by his standards. If you can get a guy like him, it's, it's kind of like having a top 12 running back and wide receiver in your linebacker slot. Um, I don't think people see him as being like insanely better than the other linebackers because he did miss those games last year, but he, he truly is. Like he is a cheat code at the linebacker position. He has been incredible since he's been in the league. Um, and I miss him. I miss you, Darius. Uh, next is Corey with a buy. Um, I looked at his team and I, uh, and, and there's one guy that popped up to me. I thought it was Naeem Hines, actually. I think, uh, because I think when you look, when you think of the, the Indianapolis Colts backfield, I think initially you're going to think of Jonathan Taylor in the, this, the, you know, the second half of the season that he had, and you're automatically going to be turned off from Naeem Hines. But if, even when Jonathan Taylor was as good as he was, um, you know, since his bye week, and I think it was week seven when they played the Lions, coming off his bye week playing the Lions, he had six out of his last 10 games, he was in double digits, and, and two of those being 20-plus uh, games. And so I, I understand Phillip Rivers is gone. That might hurt his PPR value because, obviously, Phillip Rivers hates throwing the ball down the field and he wants to check down. But for a 24-year-old talented back, if you can get him maybe for cheap because it, it people believe it's the Jonathan Taylor backfield – I would be willing to spend, uh, I don't know, probably a late third on a guy like Naeem Hines because I still think regardless of how good Jonathan Taylor is, Naeem Hines will be part of the offense. Gotcha. Ryan, what do you think here for a buy for Scott? My, bow's, my buy is Joey Bosa. Dude's a beast. Didn't have that great of a year. That's it. Yeah, I like it. Um, sells. So for me, I think now is the time to sell Alvin Kamara. 
And I know that Scott is smack dab in the middle of his championship window. This is so it's probably not something that he's going to do, but selling him in his age 26 year means that no matter what you're selling a year early versus a year late, you're getting max value. Your value is never going to be higher than it is today. That's it's something I've always done in this league. It's something I'll always continue to do going forward. Uh, it just, to me is the best way. If you have an elite running back, and you can get out before the, the floor just falls out from under him, that is what you have to do. So to me, it's definitely Kamara. Corey, what do you have here? Um, come, speaking from a guy that tr traded Keenan Allen to you in League of Legends last year, um, I, I just think that Keenan Allen eventually is just going to continue to drop in, in wide receiver rankings each year, you know, two Two years ago, he was wide receiver 10. This year, he was wide receiver 15. I don't think he gets any higher than that, right? I mean, he's 28 years old. He's got a lot of wear and tear on him. I just think he's going to get slower. I, I, I just don't know if Keenan Allen's value is ever going to get higher. I think this is a draft, this 2021 rookie draft, where there are so many good wide receivers. And so if you can get a late first round, Pick for Keenan Allen, I would I would be seriously interested if I was uh, Scott because, um, you know, Keenan Allen's getting older, and so that's that's where I would go with that. Okay, Ryan. Side note: He's talking about Keenan Allen. Just looked at a picture of Keenan Allen. <clears throat> the picture on MFL of Keenan Allen is straight Julian Paxi. Oh uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right <laughs> I, now too. I, I dude, it looks just like him. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Anyway, <laughs> my sell candidate from uh, Scott's team. I mean, is there one? Like, I uh, the best team in HFFL history. It's not close. Oh, no, 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 no. Stop it. Matt's team was not this good. Matt won three titles. Matt, Randy won three titles. Matt's team wasn't this good. I disagree wholeheartedly. He did have Kelvin Johnson and A.J. And Ray Rice. And Ray and Rice. And blah, blah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to blah, 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 blah. That, That's when everybody was just giving away people for free to Kobe because he Ray, wouldn't uh, leave him alone. <laughs> when Kobe created the uh, the annoying text message about <laughs> trades, and now he gets pissed off about everybody doing it to him. Um, so mine is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think that Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. I don't think that he is a great quarterback and I don't think he's going to score that amount of points again. I think now is the time to sell him maybe to a contending team that needs help at quarterback, which to be honest, there isn't that many. So I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but that's just, you know, my way of seeing it. Okay. All right. So we'll move on to Mike Hill. Um, Corey, what do you have as a buy, a buy here for Mike Hill? Um, I actually went uh Michael P Ryan. Um, he was a rookie last year. Uh, had had COVID last year. Adam Gase is gone. Frank Gon Frank Gore has to be out the door. I'm not sure if is he, Frank Gore gone. No, he's not. Is he not gone yet? Is he? I think he was only on one year deal. Okay. Well. E okay. Perfect. Even better. He's gone. And and I I just think he's he's really he should be really really cheap. And he has the potential to be a starter on a maybe a momentous team that has a better year than what people are anticipating. And so I would, I would take a shot on Michael Pirine for 
a really cheap draft pick and and hope and pray that maybe um you know maybe he has a has a good year or a good first couple weeks and you can trade him for even more of draft capital so that's what I would that's what I would do I think Michael P Ryan wouldn't be a bad get okay Ryan my buy, my buy for Mike is Michael Thomas. Uh, really rough year for Michael Thomas last year. Um, but obviously, it's Michael Thomas. Like, he's going to come back. He's going to have a big year. So, that's that's the guy that I would look to buy. Uh, for me, the buy is Antonio Gibson. Um, I messed up big time selling him last year. You know, that, that kind of is what it is. I uh, should have stuck with my gut there, but it is what it is going forward. I do think he's going to end up being – a guy who is, it has a ton of offseason hype. It's kind of already started. Um, I, I think he's going to end up being like a second-round dynasty startup guy by the end of the offseason. The hype for him is so, so high right now because he does have that receiving ability and he's just getting all this this pump. And I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be good. I mean, he was a very good player this year, and I think he's only going to get better. And as they get better as a team and they find a real quarterback and put some weapons around him, they're going to be in, they're gonna be in good shape. All right, so what do you have as a sell here for Mike Corey? Um, I have I have James Conner. I mean, you look at his numbers, and you know, I, for for some reason, I think people think James Conner has been this, um, you know, top ten running back in 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 the past. And I just you look at his numbers; he's never been a thousand yard rusher. His best year, he had 30, 13 total touchdowns, and you know who knows where he's going to go next. I don't think he's a Pittsburgh Steeler um, next year. And so before, you know, before everything happens, I would try to get anything I could for James Conner. I just, I don't like him at all. And I would never ever take James Conner in anything. <laughs> Ryan, what do you have as a sub? Um, I'm going to agree with Corey and I'm going to take it a step further. You should sell every one of your running back on your roster, except for Gibson. Uh, they suck. <laughs> um, so at least try to get something out of them, uh, is the best I can get out of that. But yeah, sell your running backs minus Gibson. You can keep that dude. He's got uh 1,410 though. Sony Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Corey, thank you for that. Uh, for me, the sell is Michael Thomas. Um, who knows what's going to happen without Drew Brees? I know he had a down year, but I don't think, like Ryan was just saying, I don't think everybody has kind of tanked on him value-wise. So I think you can still get a ton for him. You know, he is only 28, but I just don't know what to expect. Now, if they get Jameis as their starting quarterback, and, you know, Jameis is terrible in real life football, but in fantasy, he's amazing for us. So if they get Jameis, you know, I might I might change my tune a little bit here. But I think I would uh, explore the market if I were Mike and see if I could get, you know, a godfather offer from Michael Thomas from somebody like Ryan, who is like, yeah, he's still the guy, which he, you know, he probably is. So that's, that's, I think that's what I would do. I would explore that. All right. Rich, Rich Hill, as we call them, Rich Lewis, Ryan, what do you got for a buy? <laughs> Rich. Uh, buy for Rich. Um, I, I kind of have two. I couldn't, I couldn't get off of either one of these guys. Um, Jared Goff and Zeke Elliott. Uh, I, I think Jared Goff is actually going to have a pretty big year in Detroit, as much as I hate to say it. Uh, they're they're going to be behind. They're going to throw. It's Detroit. Like, I don't care who the coach is. I don't care the new atmosphere that they're building in that building. It's the <laughs> fucking Lions. Like, they're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw. 
and Jared Goff is a pretty decent quarterback. Um, Zeke Elliott is Zeke Elliott. Like, I don't, I, I just think that he, he's not done. Like, there's no way. It's just not going to happen. Like, he's going to be back. He's going to be as good as he has been this year. Uh, so I, I think that he's a buy candidate too. Okay. Uh, for me, it's Landon Collins. He's coming off a down year, but he has monster upside still. He still has, you know, an elite history at that safety spot of giving you incredible numbers. Um, so I think he's a guy, you know, I, I don't know that Rich is necessarily down on him, but he is a guy that you could, you know, buy for a, a second round pick or something. And, and you're in a good spot at safety, especially if the rules stay the way that they are and you, you're starting, you know, a, a top 15 wide receiver, top 20 wide receiver, essentially in your, in your safety spot there. So I, I like Landon Collins, Corey. Um, I went with cream hunt. Um, I just, you know, I, I just think he's, I, I had him in one of my other fantasy leagues and I just think he's so talented. I, I think maybe people are scared off be due to Nick Chubb. I know, I know Nick Chubb was hurt for an extended amount of time this year. I just think he has a very high floor due to his ability to catch the ball in the backfield. I think they're, they, they love Nick Chubb. You know, you know, Ryan talks about Zeke Elliott. They literally almost scored the same amount of points this year, Cream Hunt and, and Zeke Elliott. And I think you can get them both. I think you can get Cream Hunt at a, at a discount compared to Zeke Elliott just because Zeke Elliott's fucking wears his or shows his stomach in between four <laughs> games. And so, but I, 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 I want Zeke, I want Cream Hunt. I think he could be a, a, a stud, a good RB2 uh, for a championship contender. I can hear Walt now. Cream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan, who's your sell for Rich? My sell is Tyler Lockett. Uh, did a pretty good year this year. I think, you know, with Seattle, I don't, I don't know if, you know, they're going to have the same quarterback. I just, I don't think they are. I'm not really positive. So, uh, I also think that they look to get another receiver along with finding that quarterback. So I just, I just feel like he's going to have less production. Uh, sell that guy. How hyped are you as a Bears fan with all the rumors? Oh, dude, that'd be sweet. Yeah. I've loved Russell since he was at Wisconsin. You know, Big Ten guy. So I'd be pretty pumped. I liked him coming into the draft. I figured you were pretty jacked. We'll see. We'll see what the uh, the rumor mill turns up here. Uh, for me, the sell is Zeke. Um, kind of like opposite of what Ryan's saying and back to what I had said about like Camara and what I'll say for a couple other players going forward. He's 26. You know, his O-line is not what it once was. He has been used and abused in the first five years of his career. Um, I think the time to sell Zeke was probably last year uh, just because he's, he's kind of fell apart and he lost that, that mystique that comes with being an elite player, but you know, maybe he starts off red hot and you know, is the running back one after the first month of the year and, and Rich has another sell window here. So uh, but I don't think he's going to sell on this. I think Rich is all in and he's trying to win a title here. But to me, I'm, I'm selling Zeke. Corey? Um, mine is also a Zeke. Um, a, I think he's a douche because he went to Ohio State. Right? <laughs> he, and he, has a, he shows his chest every single fucking play and he's fucking overweight. Like, Zeke, you're overweight. Like, stop. <laughs> put, that, put that fucking jersey down, bro. You're fat as fuck. And... And, and but like like it doesn't even matter about him being a fast fuck. Tony Pollard is like you watch Tony Pollard run the ball compared to Zeke. Tony Pollard's a better running back than Zeke Elliott. 
there's no one that actually watched a Dallas Cowboys game that can believe that Zeke Elliott is a better running back than Tony Pollard. I mean, it, I, I just – I don't understand it. And it, if you can find somebody that, that still has this – like, maybe it's Ryan. Maybe Ryan wants to buy Tony – or uh, Zeke Elliott. Then you should sell him to, to Ryan because I I don't believe him anymore. I think he's overrated, and I think their backup is better than their starter in Dallas. Okay. Probably not willing to pay that price, but I don't think that he's not as good as their backup. Did you see Tony Pollard on the ball when Zeke was hurt? The burst. Zeke is slow. Zeke is slow into the hole. Tony is not. I I wish I was as fat as Zeke. I'll just say that. (laughs) Makes two of us. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on to Kobe, uh, Mister. I'm not in the league anymore. I'm too busy dicking around on Robin Hood now. Um, so I'm up here first. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he loves him from Robin Hood, doesn't he? It's so true. So um, my buy is I'm gonna got a little clip from uh, last year after the draft. So I'm gonna play this. Um, so for me, I this is this is sounding crazy the more I say it, but I really think that AJ Dillon on the basis that Aaron Jones leaves, I think he's going to be a top 15 dynasty running back, maybe even higher coming into the next season. Um, to me, he's a similar talent to Eddie Lacy, but just that, that offense, you know, he's, he's going to be fed carries. He's got a Nick Chubb like ceiling for me. I stand by every word of it. Uh, I don't see, I don't see them bringing back Aaron Jones. I don't with the salary cap being what it is, them having to pay Aaron Rodgers what they're having to pay him and potentially have to pay him more there's no way they could put him on the traditional franchise tag. And if they put him on something like the transition tag, I think he'd hold out. So I, I think he's going to walk. I don't think they're going to have any say. A.J. Dillon walks right into, you know, a role of, of a 1A. I don't know that he's necessarily, you know, getting 90% of the carries or something crazy like that, like James Robinson did last year. But if, if he gets the role that Aaron Jones had, and even if they bring back, um, oh boy, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams. To, be their, to be their pass catching compliment. I think AJ Dillon, he truly has top 12, top 10 upside as a running back this year. Um, and he is somebody that I would be buying anywhere I can get. And nobody seems to want to sell to me. What do you have as a, a buy here, Corey? Same. I have AJ Dillon. I think it's a no brainer. I mean, the hard part about AJ Dillon is I think, are, are we basing this on one game where we got Brick, you got hardest balls fucking Jimmy, I guarantee against against the Titans, and he scored, I don't know, he scored like 23 fantasy points or something, and 28 fantasy points. And because really, that's the only time he did anything. Uh, he had 21 carries. I get it. That's the only time he's had over five. And it just, it's against a really bad defensive team that we got really hard against about uh, A.J. Dillon. I think Jamal Williams is still a factor. I think Jamal Williams. It's a guy that I would buy low on just in case we think that, um, you know, because I think everyone's balls are going to be on A.J. Dillon. And I think Jamal Williams is not a bad buy low as well. Um, but, you know, he's a rook. He's coming off his rookie season. We don't think Aaron Jones is going to be re-signed. Like, it's hard not to get um, your dick a little hard thinking about A.J. Dillon in the future. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Ryan, what do you think here? That was a lot of hard dicks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My buy, <laughs> my buy um, is Darius Slayton for Kobe. Uh, I, I think he had a really good first, you know, 
game of the season, especially. And then he kind of fell off, you know, had, had an average year um, for a young wide receiver. So I think, I think that my buy, buy candidate for, for Kobe is Darius Slayton. So I think that he, he is a guy that has the ability to have big, big year at receiver. Okay. And then back to me for a sell. Uh, to me, the sell is Aaron Jones. This is the same theme I've been, been saying with everybody. You know, anytime you, you get a running back coming into the second contract who has the, 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 the point scoring ability that Aaron Jones has shown, um, I think it's time to sell. I always like to be a year early, and I'm going to keep saying that going forward here. Um, I do think, though, uh, this kind of reminds me, and I, I don't remember where I heard this the other day, but it was a, a perfect, perfect, like, a, a example of, of something that's happened in the past going forward here. So Aaron Jones, highly efficient player, very similar to Lamar Miller when Lamar, Lamar Miller was in Miami. High efficiency player, low touch. Lamar Miller goes to Houston. They try to give him a full-on workhorse role, and he's just not cut out for it. He just cannot keep that efficiency that he had. He's still a good fantasy player, but he's not – what everyone thought he would be just this elite monster. I'm absolutely going to keep my efficiency going from 11, 12 touches a game to 18 touches a game. And I think that'll happen to Aaron Jones. I think he's going to end up somewhere like the jets, maybe the dolphins. He's going to get 16, 17, 18 touches a game and his efficiency is going to drop. He's still going to be a top 12 fantasy running back, but he's just not going to be the absolute super stud that he's going to be touted as in July and August, because everybody's going to be just, Dick's hard, right, Corey? Dick's hard for Aaron Jones when he gets that Love huge hard and that huge contract that he's going to get. So I'm selling Aaron Jones if I'm Kobe here. Corey, what do you got as a sell? Uh, I'm going to sell Miles Gaskin. Um, I I just think you look at his numbers this past year. I think a lot of these guys, you look at his numbers. He played ten games. Um, eight of them were in double digits. Um, and maybe there's some still value there. But I, like you said, I, I think the Dolphins are going to bring in somebody else. If it's Aaron Jones, if it's a rookie, I just – or, you know, they just keep ride or die with my boy Lynn Bowden, who is a running back in this league, thank you very much. And uh, I think uh, – I, I think Miles Gascan in a year will be on free agency. Okay. Um, Ryan? I'm selling Kenyon Drake. This is a guy that is not the best running back on the roster. You should sell him. Isn't even he's not even on the roster, is he? I, I doesn't matter what roster he's on, man. Oh, not the best running back. Yowzers, that's a tough look. He's not on Arizona right now. No, he was a transition tag last year. So unless they tag him, he's a free agent. That's how bad he is. We don't even fucking know what team he's on. He's so I, uh, I honestly don't. Didn't even look it up. Don't care. He's not he's the best. So bad. We don't even care. I'm not gonna lie. I've always been a, a Kenyon Drake stand, but he was he was bad last year. I have to come off it a little bit. He was bad. Hey, Kobe. Thanks for the first and second for Kenyon Drake, the loser. <laughs> <laughs> he's not listening. Don't no, worry. He's on fucking he's Robin Hood. Hey, hey, well, if you're not listening, you better sell your DraftKings stack because it's plummeting, bro. <laughs> all right brendan or brendan's up here Corey, you're up first for a buy let me look what i have for who's it brendan yeah okay well for my buy I, it's a, i think it's a little um off the radar but i actually have jalen rager i understand he had a really rough season did not look good but the eagles team had a freaking terrible year right um, but at the end of the day, they've got a new head coach, new quarterback. Rager still has no competition for targets. 
the talent is still there. Um, and so if maybe if Brendan is panicking a little bit because of Jalen Rager's numbers and how early he took him, maybe you can, you can get him for cheaper. Um, but I, I still, I'm still buying into Jalen Rager's talent. And so I would buy low on Jalen Rager in hopes that um, Hertz and, and this new Eagles team uh, can get it together. Okay. Ryan. Um, I buy is JK Dobbins. Kid's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to be a top five running back. Ooh, that would mean Scott owes me money. But you're not, you're never, he's never going to trade him to you, Scott, uh, Ryan. Never know. I'm never going to pay that much for him. <laughs> that's, that's, so then he's not a buy. But he is a buy. Why would anyone not try to buy that guy? Because Brendan's not going to trade him. Uh, it doesn't say <laughs> buy a guy that Brendan's going to trade. Oh, I, I, I must have not read that. <laughs> uh, to me, the buy is uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair. I know the fantasy football community kind of seems out on him. I know Ryan's been out on him since day one. He may not be the three down workhorse that I know I specifically was interested in him being, you know, watching him get stuffed at the goal line over and over and over and over and over was kind of sad, but I don't think that he is just a castaway. I think he's still going to be a top 15 running back next year. You know, as long as he's in Kansas city, he's going to be very, very fantasy relevant. Um, And I think with the sour taste that he left, he may be somebody that you can acquire for a late first versus the one one like he had paid for him last year. So um, I would be interested in buying Clyde. So, Brendan, let's uh, let's chat. Let's get back on this Clyde sell bag in here. Selling to me. Sell here, Corey. What do you got? I like that. I like that, Jimmy. Um, I'm gonna sell Debo Samuel. I I just I'm just done with him. I would I wouldn't I would give you maybe a, a fourth for Debo. I just think he can't stay healthy. Brandon Ayuk, my boy, is clearly the say, best weapon on that team. What I was gonna say, this this sounds like a very biased Brandon Ayuk owner comment. I mean, I don't have to be biased. Just watch the film, and I mean, there's no bias when it's just fact, right? I mean, Ayuk <laughs> is better than Debo Samuel. Um, so if you could get a, you know, if you could get a late third for Debo, um, now he did play in seven games last year and had double digits in three of them. Um, so maybe someone wants to take a chance on a 25 year old with second round draft capital. Um, but he, he's just not going to catch the ball. He had 57 receptions in 2019. Like, I just don't know, like is best case scenario going forward. He's like a wide, a high end wide receiver three, maybe a low end wide receiver two. I just, when, when you're only catching the ball 57 times a year, you're just, you're not going to have the ceiling that I think people maybe still have about Debo Samuel. And I think people want to use this excuse about him being healthy, but at some point we got to say, you know what, this guy is just not a healthy individual. And I would, I would try to sell him and just be done with him. Okay. Ryan, what do you have here? Wait, wait, wait. So Debo Samuel's terrible because he caught 57 balls as a rookie in 2019, but you bought Jalen Rager who caught 31. <laughs> Deal. Makes but sense. No, no. The difference is, Ryan, is that no, there, there's no Brandon Ayuk in, in Philadelphia. That's fair, but I there's, think there will no, be after no this George year. George Kittle in Philadelphia. I think there will be this year. Ooh, not, not George Kittle, obviously. Oh, oh God, good. don't get don't get Jimmy Hart over Dallas okay. Goddard. You <laughs> love Dallas Goddard. Let's go, Dallas Goddard. My cell is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is a fantastic quarterback. And here's another thing 
I don't think he's going to sell Josh Allen, but he is a sell candidate. Why? Because I don't think he's going to be as good this year. He scored 457 points last year. He's not going to score 457 points again. I will tell you that I think Brendan absolutely made the right choice in trading his quarterback last year. I still don't think to this day that he got enough out of him, but sure. but he traded him for Josh Allen, and he was right about that. No, no, no. He um, had Josh Allen on the bench. That's why I, he no, traded I him meant he traded him because of for, Josh. For, yes, Josh Allen. Because yeah. he had Josh okay. Allen. That's okay. what I meant. Um, so I, th- I think that he made the right choice there. Um, I'm just telling. I'm just saying that Josh Allen is a sell candidate because I don't think he's going to be as good. Um, do I think he's going to sell Josh Allen? Absolutely not. He's definitely going to keep him, um, but he's not going to score as much this year. So hey, hey, didn't he didn't he basically get J.K. Dobbins out of that deal? Um, I'd have to look back at it. I don't. I don't remember what. I don't remember. I would rather have J.K. Dobbins over uh, bum bum loser in Baltimore with the quarterback. <laughs> Right, and I, I don't think anybody necessarily disagrees with that, especially at this point in time. Uh, to me, it's it's kind of funny to look at the situation Brendan's in right now with Josh Allen compared to the exact same situation that we, he was in last year with Lamar. You know, last year, he has Lamar go absolutely nuts. Um, he has Josh Allen sitting on his bench with a lot of promise, but he didn't quite have the season, you know, obviously that Lamar had. Lamar scoring 470 in 2019. And then this year, he's got Josh Allen. Josh Allen scores 457. He's got Joe Burrow sitting there waiting in the wings. He's literally in the exact same spot that he was in last year. Will he do it again? Yeah. Will he sell? He's that? also got Jalen Hurts, by the way. Right. Which and I know that's I know <laughs> yeah. that's who he wants to sell because he's a big Josh Allen stand. He wants to keep him. He loves Josh mm-hmm. Allen. So I don't see him trading him solely because he loves the guy. But it is just funny to see. It's literally the exact same situation. I yeah. wonder how he'll play it, you know, because he has if he if he went forward with Burrow and Jalen Hurts, he would be just fine. And then he would have whatever yeah, assets yeah. he accumulated from selling Josh Allen. So I agree with you, Ryan. I think Josh Allen is the clear sell here. Yeah. All right. On to Kellen. Ryan, who do you have as a buy? Uh, let's see. Uh, God, I know Kellen's <laughs> going to love me for this. It's so fantastic. I'm buying Cooper Cup. Yeah. <laughs> They actually have a big time quarterback now throwing him the ball. What? Uh, I What did you just say? <laughs> they have a big time quarterback throwing him the ball. Matthew Stafford? Yeah. Yeah. Matthew J Matthew J Stafford. Jay's and James. The guy's a stud. I'm Jay's and Jay Cutler like. Oh my god. Oh my <laughs> god. That's every couch and cut this cut this podcast right now. <laughs> um no, in all fairness, um, he has a big-time quarterback throwing the ball. Dude has a big-time arm. No, no one's ever argued that. Um, I, I just – I can't wait to see how many segments of this day in Cooper Cup history they can make together. Uh, I think Cooper Cup's going to have a really big year with, with Stafford there. If you guys have been following along, um, Kellen's corner, the betting corner, has been riding uh, Eastern Washington basketball, the Cooper Cup University basketball team. And he is hot. The guy is hitting all kinds of bets with that team. It's so funny. Um, for me, the buy is Cortland Sutton. I think a lot of people are forgetting Cortland Sutton. Um, I think he's a top 25 lock, even with Drew Locke as his quarterback this year. You know, if he somehow gets Hudson or Russell Wilson, I think he could be top 15. So I'm a big Cortland Sutton fan, and I think he is a wonderful buy right now. What do you have, Corey? I had the same, Jimmy. I had Cortland Sutton. I think he's uh... – 
I, like you said, I think people forget he was a top twenty running, uh, top twenty wide receiver in two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. um, and his quarterback for the first big game was Joe fucking Flacco, and so if he can be a top twenty wide receiver with Joe Flacco, he can be a top fifteen wide receiver with Drew Locke. Even though I think Drew Locke's a bum, um, Joe Flacco's the bigger bum. So um, if if people have a short memory when it comes to just football in general, I think you could get Cortland Sutton for cheap because he was out most of 2020. Okay. Um, a sell candidate, Ryan. Just an interesting – I'm just interested. Do you think that Joe Flacco, like, as he got older, was just a complete bum or you always was? I mean, he was a game manager. So, anytime a game manager – Every time, like, the first thing I say out of my mouth when it comes to quarterback as a game manager, I think it's a bum. So, do you believe – and I, he's a game manager, and I don't – I guess I don't know what you feel about the next bum. Do you think the new bum is a game manager? I, I No, I, I don't – Or he's I don't a different kind of bum. Different kind of bum. I think Drew Locke has more skill, um, like, like quarterback skill, but I do also think Joe Flacco – didn't turn the ball over, wasn't Carroll's with the, with the football as much as Joe Flacco is. But, like, I do think Drew Locke can make throws that Joe Flacco could only dream of. I, I feel like okay. Drew Locke is like – Do you think that Do you think that they would have been in a Super Bowl the year that they went if they had Drew Locke instead of Joe no, Flacco? Of course, no, 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 of course. Because, because Joe Flacco didn't have to do anything. All he do is not turn the ball. So you thought Joe – that Locke would have turned it over? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, because he's younger. Uh, Joe Flacco was like, what? How old is he? Like 30, 36 when he was a quarterback two years ago for the Baltimore Ravens or, or for the uh, Denver Broncos. So, like, yeah, I, I think Drew Locke's a younger quarterback. So, when you have a really good defense, you want a older veteran quarterback who knows when to just throw the fucking thing into the third row. I'm talking about like eight years ago, Joe Flacco for the Ravens. When they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, but he was he but he still knew when to throw it away and and when to, you know, take a chance. I don't I don't think Drew Locke has learned that skill yet. Yeah, and I understand I understand I understand what you're saying. Um what you call game manager, I call good quarterback. Uh Sure. I and I'm not saying that Joe Flacco was a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I Joe Flacco's not a great what quarterback. Are, what are you saying? Um, I am saying that quarterbacks that don't turn the ball over and know who to throw to and when to throw to him is a good quarterback. And when you can sure. win a Super Bowl, you're better than Drew Locke. Basically, the point I'm making is Drew Locke is absolute fucking trash. Agree. Uh, at least at Agreed. least Joe Flacco can go to a Super Bowl and win it. No, I agree. Um, but I'm not talking about winning a Super Bowl with Cortland Sutton. I'm talking about throwing him the football. And I yeah. think Drew Locke will make throws that Drew Joe Flacco can't. And that's all I care about when it comes to fantasy football. Right. And I, I actually think, to your guys' point, that um, that he's going to be better because I don't think Drew Locke's going to be the quarterback there. Um, and if he is, someone should be fired. <laughs> uh, Drew Locke is my cell candidate. Uh and it's not even like a sell candidate. I think he's just like a cut candidate. Like, just cut that dude off your roster because he's never going to be anything. Uh, they had their, you know, year or two with the guy. They, you know, they tried him out. Like, he's he's out. He's going to be out the door. Like, they're going to have a new quarterback there next year. Yeah, 
I like it. Uh, my sell candidate is Nick Chubb, and I'm not quite as you got to sell Nick Chubb because he's 26 as I am on the others. And the main reason being that he doesn't quite have the same workload concerns that a guy like Zeke has or, or Kamara even. I know Kamara, a lot of his are, are pass catches, though, so it's a little bit different uh, abuse versus uh, between the tackles run. But um, Nick Chubb is a great player. He's a guy who could net a lot if Kellen decided to sell him. But I think Kellen is, is in his championship window, and I think he's going to go for it. So I don't see him actually doing that. Uh, but that's who I would just – exploratory, do a little search, see what people are going to gonna offer me. Corey, what do you have? Drew Locke. <laughs> no, no, listen, I'm just looking at Kellen's team. He doesn't need Drew Locke. Like, Drew Locke does nothing for him. You can cut him. You can drop him. Like, like I, I agree with Ryan. I think they're going to draft a quarterback, John El- or That's not John El- Elway anymore, whoever that took yeah. over John Elway. Doesn't, it, they're not going to think Drew Locke's the future, and they're going to draft somebody else. So, you mu- Callen doesn't need him. Cut him. That's fair. All right, moving on to Jeff, the caveman. Corey, what do you have as a buy here? I've got Paris Campbell. Um, you know, Philip Rivers is obviously gone. Um, T.Y. hopefully is gone. Um, and I, I just think with Paris Campbell not really showing us a lot due to his injuries that I think he's uh, – He's a buy low. I, you know, who knows what he can be with Carson Wentz. And so um, I, I would buy low on Carson, uh, on Paris Campbell because I think he has a ton of talent. And I think, uh, you know, with, with T.Y. gone, we'll see a lot from Paris Campbell this year. Okay. Uh, for me, it's Justin Jefferson. I mean, he it's like when OBJ was a rookie. It, it truly is. His numbers were that good. Um, I think he's worth whatever Jeff asked for, and, and somebody should make a move there. He's incredible. Ryan? Um, I actually like both of the guys. Obviously, obviously Justin Jefferson is a stud. Um, I do like Paris Campbell. Um, but my buy candidate, and everybody's going to laugh about this, I, I think it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think at the end of the year last year, he started to come on. Uh, I just think he's going to have a pretty good year next year. And I don't think he's going to be, you know, top. You know, maybe maybe pushing the top ten quarterback range, but for Jeff, you know, who we talked crap about him not having a quarterback all last year, a championship quarterback. I think this is the year that like he actually does. Like I, I think Jeff can win with Baker Mayfield if he doesn't play Scott. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be good enough this year. So I, I think that's why he's a bad buy candidate now. Do I think anyone's going out and trading for Baker Mayfield? No, but um, I do think he's going to be good enough to win Jeff a championship um, if he has all the other pieces. Okay. Uh, what do you have as a sell candidate, Corey? Um, I have Hunter Renfro. I just think, uh, again, this is a guy that has Brian Edwards and uh, rugs that, that thinks that, you know, Renfro was a fifth round pick. They don't have that as, as much invest as they do with the other two. Um, I think the other two are just a, more talented human beings than Hunter Renfro. He had a decent year. Um, he's all, he's just never going to be anything that you're going to, you know, write home about. And so I, I would try to sell him if you could just based on the, the youth that's coming on, um, before him. Okay. Um, the sell it, it, going along with everything for me here is, is Galvin. 
you know, if you're going to try to extend your window and make yourself relevant for that five to seven years, you know, selling Galvin, getting the huge return that he would give you is a move you should explore. Um, but that said, you know, with Galvin turning 26 this year and Eckler turns 26 this year as well, um, I think Jeff, like Ryan was saying, I think Jeff is all in. I think Jeff's trying to win a title. Um, and I think he's got two years here to do it. I think he'll get elite production out of those two this year, uh, maybe elite production or close to that next year. Um, and then the wheels are going to fall off of these two. But that's uh, I think Jeff's going for it, and I don't blame him. I'd go for it too if I was him. Ryan, what do you have as a sell? My sell <laughs> is another uh, non-sell cut candidate is Taysom Hill. Get rid of that dude. I, he, if he ends up being starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints – I, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. Like he's not a quarterback. He's cool. Like he's a cool gadget guy. Like you can do a bunch of different stuff with him. That's awesome. He's really good at that. He's not really good at quarterback. Okay. This, this is a dumb question. Is Drew Brees actually officially retired or not? No, he's not officially retired. I was going to say, there's a chance that Drew Brees comes back, right? Yes, there is a chance. That'd be a The longer it goes on, don't you think, Jimmy and Ryan, the more likely that Drew Brees comes back? No, you're, I'd, I'd be, be right. It'd be sweet if he did. I think he's coming back. As a football fan, I would enjoy it. As a fantasy fan, I want to be famous just because I want to. You heard it. it here first, HFFL. Corey predicts Corey Shepard. Corey Shepard. Come back. <laughs> Why would he wait this long? Drew Brees is a smart guy. He knows that it would make the most sense for the New Orleans Saints for him to announce his retirement. He's coming back, boys. It makes you wonder what him and Tom talked about. Oh, oh, oh there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> All it right. gets me hard thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. We're on Ryan's team. Um, I'm up first. Uh, to me, the buy Shit. here is T. Higgins. Um, great rookie year. Obviously, pairing with Burrow. I love that long-term upside. Um, without knowing landing spots today, I actually prefer him to Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase. You know, if he were mixed in with those guys, obviously with an elite spot, I would probably bump Chase for sure over him and maybe Devontae, but we'll see. But T. Higgins is in a, a real sexy spot going forward. Um, it's really hard to argue with, you know, him as it, I'm not going to say it. We'll see. We'll see when we redraft here in a couple minutes how high he goes. But the guy is the guy's a stud. What Thanks, do you have, Corey. Corey? <laughs> No problem, buddy. Anytime. What do you have as a buy, Corey? I have I actually have a kind of more of a long-term pick, and that's Harrison Bryant. Um, he got some targets in the year. I think uh, they can get they can get out of uh, Austin Hooper's contract, 2023. They took Harrison Bryant in the in the fourth round in 2020. He's only 22 years old. I think he's a guy. Again, if you're in a long-term rebuild. I'd throw Ryan a little little carrot and see if you can get him for dirt cheap, and then maybe in three or four years when Austin Hooper's gone, you the 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 the, the trade pays off. Okay. Uh, My buy me, is Gabriel Davis. Come get him. <laughs> no thanks. Hard you pass. Have been, you have been pumping Gabriel Davis for quite a while now. Um, <laughs> myself, me, and it's not because he's too old. Is CMC, and the reason being is that. Yes, Ryan is in a championship window, but he's at the very tail end of that championship window. CMC is the only starting really, really guaranteed starting running back you have right now. Um, obviously, Nuke, what is Nuke this year? 29. Yep, Nuke's 29 this year. 
<coughs> sorry about that. Thielen is in, in his thirties now, you know, that window is closing. Um, so I would explore well, it, see what you can get. But I, if I know Ryan, Ryan's going to ride this thing out and he's going to buy some other old dying running back that me and Corey are sitting here telling you you should sell because in dynasty, it's sexy to sell. And Ryan buys all these guys and then keeps himself relevant. So that's, what's going to happen. I know that, but I just like to say it. What do you have as a sell Corey? I, I think another running back, I think Mostert needs to go. He's 20 years old. Um, I think I think the 49ers take a, a running back in this upcoming draft. He's had some injury problems. I just, But I still think he does have some value, in which I, and, I, and I think that you could get something out of him. And I also think I'm concerned about how the 49ers handle the running backs. I think it's kind of more of a committee approach. And so if you can get if, – if, if Moser still has some value. I would, uh, I would bite at that if you could. All right, moving on to my team. What do you have as a buy here, Ryan? Uh, my buy is, damn, Chris Godwin. Uh, although he's got wow. super drop syndrome, I think uh, with the reps he and Brady have had together, uh, that duo, you know, this coming season, and you know for, you know, another year or two, you know, however long Brady's playing, I think it's going to be really good. Okay. Corey? Um, I had two guys. I want to focus on my second guy. I think Rashad Penny is a sleeper by, like you guys talked about earlier, Chris Carson's going to be gone. Penny was a first-round pick. I don't think DJ Dallas is as good as I thought he was. And um, I think I would love to take Rashad Penny on, with, a val- with a little uh, discount. Jimmy would jizz everywhere. That ain't going to happen. <clears throat> that's if Ryan talked about my. Rojo, I also had Ronald too. Jones, but I want to talk about him. That's okay. You could, I, I would trade you Rojo over Rashad Penny. That's how much I love Rashad Penny. <laughs> that's that's something then. It's so true. Guy. It is true. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what about a cell? Oh, my cell candidate. Let's see. Sorry, I had to go get another you beer. Had Ronald Jones. I had Ronald fucking Jones. Again. He's just not the guy in Tampa. Like, nope, let's be real about that. And then he's not going to be the guy anywhere because he's not the guy in Tampa. Nope, so not. it showed me over the course of the playoff run that, like, he's just, you know, he's just another running back. He's not going to be a starter, I don't believe, in the league. So that guy should be gone. Yeah, sad. Corey? Uh, I'm, Ryan, I'm truly disappointed. I think there's a no-brainer. Easy pick. This is the easiest pick of the whole podcast. It's McCall Hardman. He's a fucking loser. <laughs> like, listen, you, you, listen, Jimmy. You can give me a twenty-minute rant with all this data and points and all this bullshit that you did last time when you when I traded him to you. At the end of the day, the guy's not that good, and there's not a twenty-minute rant that you can go on that's going to change my mind about it. Probably the best thing Corey's ever said. There might end up being a 20-minute rant, but it's going to be me ranting about how fucking dumb he is and how he can't even read <laughs> and he can't run a route. No, he can't. Drives me insane watching him, but I'm sticking by it. I'm stuck to it. I got Clearly, you traded for him in Legal Legends. I doubled down. Let's go. Double down. <laughs> Sometimes you got to double down on a bad bet. You've been, you've been playing too much DraftKings poker online, buddy. You better calm it down. Yeah, I haven't gotten into the poker yet, thankfully. Jimmy put it all on black. I mean, the blackjack, you know. Blackjack, sweet. All right, Corey, we're on to Corey's team here. Ryan, what do you have as a buy for Corey? Fuck you guys and your blackjack that you can play and I can't. (laughs) 
Real estate. Oh, buy candidate for Corey. Well, you didn't put this up, and then I forgot that you added it. So I'm gonna buy. Um, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm gonna buy Corey's receiving core. Oh, um, I think a lot of these guys have huge upside. I mean, you're talking about Brandon Ayuk, uh, CD Lamb, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, Henry Ruggs. Like a lot of those dudes have huge upside. I think that this receiver core can be really, really good in the future. I think they're, they're all going to have better seasons than they did last year. Uh, so I'd buy that. That sounds like me after the draft last year as the only dude defending Corey. Hmm. Uh, to me, oh, it's – Is that the same draft that Ryan put me in the worst draft of the fucking year? <laughs> I'm not sure. Hey, I just – I, I told you why. I told you why. <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking with you. That's awesome. You could have had the best running back of the draft. On your team right now. I wouldn't have taken John Taylor. I would have taken CEH. Well, you would have been wrong. So, to me, the buy is CEH. Um, I am still shocked that Walt traded him. But I think me and Ryan can both say in our little group chat, we knew Walt was trading CD Lamb. It just like. Yeah, we called it. Just months, like months turned, before yeah, it just, He just turned on him for no reason. There was no, like, <laughs> statistical data. But he didn't go on any 20-minute rant about. Uh, DVOA, he didn't, he had nothing. He was just like, I just want picks and I know CD is going to get me picks. So I'm going to fucking sell CD. And we're all like, dude, don't fucking do it. Don't do it. Like you actually have a dude, don't do it. And then he still does it. And I just, I can't, I can't understand. I just can't. Not a dude, man. But yeah. It's fucking real. It's funny because a lot of the, like the trades I do, we go back and forth and he goes, Hey, I'll give you CD for this. I go, okay. And I push accept. It was like the easiest trade I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I don't got nothing to say about that. I don't I know. Love it. I love it. Um, what about a sell, Ryan? Sell. Let's see who he should sell. I don't know. This is tough. This team's so friggin' young. I don't know who I'm selling. <laughs> He's loving this. Like, who else do you fucking sell? All right, so I, to me, to I'm gonna say sell. I sell KJ Wright. Okay. Uh, I think you can still twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, I think you can still get something out of KJ Wright because he's a good linebacker. Um, but at this point, like you're obviously in in rebuild. It's probably gonna be a couple years. Maybe get another pick, pick another linebacker. Yeah. Uh, to me, the sell is Brandon Ayuk. His dynasty ranking. Yeah, you're gonna hear it. His dynasty ranking is Jimmy hates him consistently in that top twenty-five range. He's just he's just not for me. Um, Jimmy's doubling down, doubling down, baby. <laughs> hey, I'll tra- I trade you for Mikel Hardman. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm you're good. Shut your I'm committed. mouth. I'm committed. I think he's well behind Kittle. I think he's even with Debo in the target distribution, and then Jimmy G is just terrible. Now, obviously, if they go do something crazy and get Watson, or obviously they wouldn't get Russell Wilson, they'd never trade him in division, but. Jimmy Something hates like Jimmy G, man. I do hate Jimmy G. Jimmy G's trash. Jimmy's hey, no, still Jimmy, Jimmy still you hates trade. You wouldn't trade Paul Hardman from Brand Ayuk. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, right now I wouldn't just to prove a point to you. No. Right, but, but like <laughs> on a normal day you would. Well, if you if we hadn't had this conversation, sure. But now you piss me off. Now oh. he's done. Yeah, you talk bad I mean, about my guy who I'm mad at. You can't be mad at him. Only I can be mad at him. I'm not mad at him. Yeah. Well, I trade him to you. Him. I'm happy about him. I'm exactly. glad he fucking fucked it. Leave him alone. We're trying to build the kids' <laughs> confidence back up. Jesus. Oh, shit. All right. All 
right. 2020 rookie draft review. So, Corey, what was the best pick of round one? And I totally expect you to say something you did. No, it wasn't me, I don't think. I think I actually went – because I saw Ryan because Ryan's an idiot and he didn't, like, actually, like, <laughs> copy and paste like everybody else would. Uh, he had Justin Jefferson, which I thought was an obvious pick. So, I went actually DeAndre Swift. Um, you know – when during the draft, I thought, like, man, you're gonna take Swift over CeeDee Lamb and even like Jerry Judy. I'm like, that's it seemed early for me. And then, you know, the season plays out and you look at the future. I think, you know, taking DeAndre Swift at 104 was pop. I mean, clearly, Justin Jefferson at 108 is the easy one, but I wanted I wanted to give our viewers some, you know, some content. So I went with DeAndre Smith to 104. Nice. Ryan? I got, should say, he already took mine. He did his and his mine. Good to go. <laughs> no idea what you just said, but okay. Uh, to me, it has to be Justin Jefferson. I understand completely what you're saying, but I, I think we just got to give credit where it's due here. That was, <clears throat> he was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, what's the worst pick of the first round, Ryan? Uh. Brendan picking Jalen Rager. Uh, I don't I don't think he's ever going to develop into the guy in Philly. I mean, he's going to be a guy in Philly, but he's not going to be the guy in Philly. Uh, I think they're going to pick another wide receiver again this year. Um, so, for me, it's Jalen Rager. Okay. Uh, for me, I had Rager or Ruggs. Neither one of them has really shown much hope, but I actually Ooh. believe I think that Ruggs has a better long-term upside still. So I think I'm going to go with Rager as well. Corey, what do you have? I actually went with uh, Jerry Judy just because what we've talked about with the quarterback situation in Denver. And, and I think Cortland Sutton coming back, and there's a Noah guy named Noah Fant there. And I just I, – I don't know at 105 when you could have gotten C.D. Lamb. You could have gotten Justin Jefferson. You could have gotten T. Higgins, which I would prefer, over um, Jerry Judy. That's – I think right now that's the guy that I think, ooh, at 105, that's a, that probably doesn't look so good. Did you feel that way after the draft, or is that – No, like, okay. no, no. But, I mean, we're, we're doing this draft on March 5th. Now. No, no, no. No, I'm not, I'm not saying no, that. No, I no, no. Of course, I, I think everyone thought Jerry Judy was you oh, know, yeah, either I... the best wide receiver, the second best wide receiver, I think it's between him and CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Um, but – just, just now the the way I, the more I've seen of Drew Locke, the less I believe the I believe in, um, in, in Jerry Judy. Okay, and I was I was 100 Team Judy as well. Obviously, looking back, you know it. it yeah, I was on Team Judy for sure. Oh, everyone was. I just, yeah, no, it's not it's not a bad pick at when it happened. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. Just looking back. Yep, yep. All right, best pick of the second round. Um, I'm up first. Uh, to me, it was Jeremy Chin. Sam absolutely nailed it. You know, it was a huge team need for him, just defense in general. Um, he went very offense heavy in the dispersal draft. Uh, so he he nailed it. Jeremy Chin was an absolute monster for him this year. What do you have, Corey? Uh, 212, Brandon Ayuk. Suck it, Jimmy. <laughs> so That's goes. all I got. That's all I need to say. He's the best. He's the best playmaker almost compared. No, no. Like he's a best playmaker, even he's even a better playmaker than George Kittle. He's not a better player than George Kittle, but he's a better playmaker than George Kittle. And so, with when you see Brandon Ayuk 
grab that ball in his hands and he's like on the 12 yard line and he's going one on one against a defender, you might as well just put two hands up because it's a TD. <laughs> Cream. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what do you got here? Uh, I got Jeremy Chin. I mean, he had a big year. Yeah. Yeah, he went nuts. Uh, what's the worst pick of the second round, Corey? And I think there's only one, one answer here. Uh, shit. I guess I didn't. I thought I, I went Isaiah Sims. Simmons. Okay. Um, I just I, at 204. Like, I, I know Ryan takes, I see Ryan takes AJ Epinesa at 213. I get it. But like, I think there's just such a huge difference between 213 and 204. And when you miss at 204, it, it hurts you so much more than 213. And so, I, I I don't believe in Isaiah Simmons. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be a guy that you need going forward. Yeah, it was Sam that took Epinesa, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. I actually wasn't talking about Epinesa. We'll see if Ryan goes with my guy here. What about Ryan? No, I'm saying Ryan picks Epinesa. Exactly, I can see. His oh, I understand. Okay, I'm following you, Ryan. Who do you have? Yeah, I got AJ Epinesa. I okay, think I forgot, I forgot you saw what he put. <laughs> I uh, I like. I don't think that AJ Epinesa is going to be a terrible player. Uh, I just think that AJ Epinesa is never going to be like the huge player that you're looking for on defense when you pick a guy in fantasy football. So that's, that's why I picked that guy. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Keyshawn Vaughn because he's absolutely terrible. <laughs> I hate him and I never wanted him. I was totally on tilt. I was 100% locked in on AJ Dillon. I thought I had AJ Dillon in the bag because Walt was the world's biggest LaVisca Chenault fan. Uh, passed on LaVisca Chenault and I should have just been an asshole and taken LaVisca Chenault because I know Walt would have been salty and then would have swapped me. But yeah, I, panicked. You I panicked and I picked Keyshawn Vaughn and I freaking regret it because he's awful. I hate him. Oh my God. All right. What's the, the best of the rest here, Ryan? What's the best pick of the last th- last two rounds here? Best pick of the last two rounds for me is um, 3.11 to Kellen, Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool is a dude. Um, it's tough. It, it was tough to pick this pick over Gibson. Um, I think that obviously those are the two choices that I mean I think are the best. Uh, but I just think Claypool is going to be a stud uh, for for a lot of years. I think he's going to put up absolute big numbers in Pittsburgh. So that's yeah. my guy. Yeah, I had um, Gibson, Claypool, and Herbert. I mean, they all they all went nuts. I thought they were fantastic. It was it was. Big hits for all three of those teams. Um, you know, Gibson obviously going forward has the most value just being a running back. But, you know, Herbert probably has the longest, longest potential value window. And then Claypool, I mean, he's Mapletron, right? I mean, the guy is, he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I know they just re-signed Big Ben to some BS contract. He's going to be around for another year at, at a very low cost for them. So that'll be nice. But what happens post Big Ben? That's that's the key for Claypool, and that's what worries me for him going forward. What do you got here, Corey? Am I on mute? Nope. Nope. Okay, perfect. Uh, I went I'm with Gibson. I'm at 306, probably because I took him. And um, you know, he just he's just really good. I'm 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 a, I, I have mixed feelings about trading him. Um uh, I, I think my process was right in the fact that if, if, if I'm two or three years away is and with that offense, 
is Gibson's value ever going to be higher than when I sold him? I don't know. Um, it could be higher. It could be lower. I don't know. But at 306, taking a starting running back in the NFL, you don't you don't do that every every day. So I think it's real. I think it's Gibson. Okay. Um, and then on to the, the last part here for the the 2020 draft. Uh, the biggest pick value pick of the whole draft. Uh, to me, of the entire draft, it was Antonio Gibson. You know, getting him at 306, a guy who, like I like I said earlier, you know, was already in the top 40 in Dynasty startup. I think he'll be in the top two rounds, that top 24 in Dynasty startup by the time you know the hype train really hits here, and August is coming. Uh, that was a it was a hell of a pick. Obviously, like you said, uh, you actually sold him twice. You know, the first time sold him to me pretty early on for a first. Uh, that was obviously at that time great value for you. Um, do you remember what it was the second time that you traded him for? I know you traded him to Mike, and I know there was. I got, a I got him to Mike for two firsts and a third. Two firsts and a third. Okay, and I mean that's that's pretty good value. Obviously, it's one of. The, I mean, it just depends. It depends on what you what you do with the picks. Obviously, everybody knows that. But sure. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's to me that's the biggest value. What do you have here, Corey? I I actually took uh, Clay Chase Claypool here just because he went. He went later than Antonio Gibson. So I was thinking value. Okay, you took him five round, five picks later. Chase Claypool has shown himself to be an elite playmaker. There's no juju next year. And I thought um, when it came to value, I thought I went with Claypool there. Okay. All right. Ryan, what do you have as the biggest value pick? Yeah, for me, it's Gibson. Um and I said Claypool was the best pit, better pick just because I think he's going to have a better career. Um, I think the value comes in um, at running back position, right? Like everyone's looking for a running back. So um, when you can find a starter at running back at 3.06, you know, that late in the draft, that's, that's huge value for a team. Right. Okay. So we are going to move on to our last little spot here. Uh, we are going to do a redraft of the 2020 rookie draft. Corey has the 1.01. Uh, Ryan will pick second. I'll pick third. And then we're going to continue to just rotate through um, going through here. So go ahead, Corey. You're up at 101. This was tough because I, I think it comes down to two guys simply. I mean, I, I, honestly, it comes down to Duff, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor. And so like, Normally, if a guy is drafting at 101, he's got a rebuild. If it was a re straight rebuild, I'm going Justin Jefferson or Jonathan Taylor because wide receivers have 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 a long long more longer longevity than a running back. But if I'm just if I'm if I'm taking that out of the equation, I think it's Jonathan Taylor 101. Um, his second half of the season was incredible, and. I would if, if if I'm looking to win a title, I'd rather have Jonathan Taylor over Justin Jefferson. So I'm going Jonathan Taylor one on one. Okay, Ryan. Uh, I hear everything that he's saying about Justin Jefferson, um, but at one point oh two, I'm going J.K. Dobbins. Wow. I think that uh, I think that obviously this year he didn't have the year um, that he could have had, but I think. You know, looking into the future and what Baltimore has, I think J.K. JK Dobbins is legitimately going to be a top five running back. So it's harder to find a running back than it is a receiver. So for me, it's J.K. Dobbins at 1.02. And our league is definitely still a running back dominated league. Um, I, I agree with Corey. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I definitely understand your process. And that's the reason that J.K. went so high in our draft in the first place, you know, over 
guys like at that time, Judy, who was considered an absolute lock, no brainer. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good pick. Obviously I'll take the consolation prize here of Justin Jefferson. Um, getting him at one Oh three is, is amazing. Obviously us being half point PPR too, instead of full, I think that makes a big difference uh, with these running back values being even a little, even a little bit higher than the wide receivers. So um, that's, that's who I'll take there. So you're up at four, Corey. Um, this and I'm is putting tough. these, I'm putting these on the, the, the shared notes. Just no, so I got you. I got you. I, 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 I'm just deleting them as I see, as I, as you take them Perfect. to me again, I think it's down to two guys. Um, but when it comes to upside, I think there's one guy that has more upside and I, I think, uh, and it's not because I, I just traded, I traded for him, but I think at one Oh four, I think CD lamb with that, with hopefully Dak Prescott with, uh, with his just a- absolute athletic ability, um, I think C.D. Lamb is the fourth best player out of this rookie class. Okay. Ryan? Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong there with, with picking C.D. Lamb. Um, with him taking Lamb at 1.04, I think that um, my 1.05 pick would be DeAndre Swift, uh, much for the same reasons as J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, being a running back, and I also think that, you know, with the with the um, new kind of scheme that they're going to have there in Detroit, uh, DeAndre Swift is going to be a, a big name in the next couple of years uh, for the Lions. Yeah. Uh, for me, a little bit of a homer pick here. To me, it's James Robinson at six. Um, the guy was an absolute monster. I, I can't see them replacing him this year. Obviously, being an undrafted free agent, anything's possible. You know, they absolutely will be bringing in someone else to compliment him that they just have to. You can't handle 93% of the touches or whatever he handled. That's just not sustainable going forward. But with Trevor Lawrence coming in and him just being fed, you know, he's still going to be a 250 touch guy. You know, I think I think he's pretty safe and getting getting that running back production like we've kind of been talking about here um, after these these top two. I definitely agree that he's behind Swift, um, but that's who I'm going to go with here. I'm going to go with Robinson. Uh, Corey, you're up at seven. It just shows how great this class really was, um, how difficult this is. I'm going to take the consensus 101, um, and I'm going to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I, I just think he has a lot of talent. I think his the, the, the scheme and the offense he's in, it's just too sexy to, to pass up. Um, and I, I, I would take him over any of the other running backs. I think it was between him, honestly, and T. Higgins for me. Um, but at run, but I, I again, I value the running back position over the wide receiver position. So I'll take Clyde over to Lair at one oh, what is it, seven? Yep, one oh eight, Ryan. I just want to let it be known that, like, you know, how long did we go through this thing, and now Clyde Edwards Lair is suddenly one point oh seven, and we're like all surprised about it, like. <laughs> dude wasn't ever one point oh one. I don't know why everybody got all crazy. <laughs> crazy over that but uh uh i i honestly had him at like 1.09 here even after the redraft because i just i think that people are starting to figure out that clyde edwards alaire while is a a good option at running back and is a good nfl running back is not the upside that these other guys have um <clears throat> for me the next pick what are we on 1.08 yep 1.08 for me um, and this was tough because we talked about Ant- Antonio Gibson a lot, and I'm sure he's coming off the board uh, real soon. 
But for me, it's Cam Akers. Uh, at nearing the end of the season, Cam Akers started to have big games, and I think that he's going to be a big time play, player in the years to come. Okay. Um, and for me, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go at 109. I'm going to go T Higgins. Um, I do think that Antonio Gibson is a great player. I think he's got a great future. Uh, I've been talking about him a lot here on this pod, but T Higgins is in just an absolutely elite spot. Um, and I think I have him right now as my wide receiver three from last year's class uh, behind only obviously Jefferson and CD. So going at, at this point in time, obviously I'm still a Judy stand, so we'll see what happens with him, but my boy T T had a great year, man. And, Burrow looked good, so I think he's in a great spot. Uh, Corey, you're up at 10. Oh, I, mean, I, I think there's a guy that just falls here and you just want to take him. Um, but I'm not because I don't have him <laughs> anymore. And so I actually – I'm going to go down the, the, the line here. And with the emergence of T.Y. Hilton being gone, Carson Wentz being the quarterback – Michael Pittman okay. Jr. being the wide receiver one, you see, you saw him in the playoffs become a possession dominant receiver. I'm going to take Michael Pittman Jr. I, I just think he has a higher ceiling than anybody else that's still that's still available. Okay, uh, what do you have here at 11, Ryan? At 11, then I'm taking Antonio Gibson. Uh, starting running back at 1.11, still great value for that guy. Yeah, tremendous. I agree, I agree completely. Um, so then I'm going to go Judy here at 12. Um, I, I got to end the slide. I just think the talent is is too great. Obviously, Drew Locke is scary, um, and he had this just crazy weird series of drops, <laughs> something like five in one game. Um, but that's I don't think that's who he is. So I'm, I'm going to go Judy, even though I know a lot of people right now maybe argue Claypool over him, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go Judy. Uh, 13, Corey. Oh, man. Um, I, I, I think Jake, Chase Claypool is just too sexy of a pick not to take here. Um, I think he – I know, you know Juju's gone, and I think he has the outside to himself. They, they did re-sign Big Ben. They're going to chuck it to him every couple, you know, at, at least four or five times a game. I think Chase Claypool comes down with at least one of them for a touchdown. So I'll take Chase, Chase Claypool here, and I won't even bat an eye. Okay. Ryan? Yeah, that's crazy that he's Chase Claypool. The, you know, the amount of plays that that dude made this year is still at 1.1. Two or three or whatever it is. And that just tells you about this class. I mean, look at this. Yeah. yeah. Like this. It's crazy. This is this this is what top top forty, top fifty guys in, in dynasty startup right now. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Do my you- next guy uh, at the end of the first round is you know we've been talking about all these offensive guys and for me it's still Chase Young. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude was absolute monster, uh, especially at the end of the season. I mean, he was calling out Tom Brady, like, be careful what you wish for. But um, the dude was playing, playing great. You know, he had his mom, you know, coming on his FaceTime and on ESPN. Like, he's he's a monster. He's going to be a monster for years to come. So I'm taking Chase Young. And that, that would have been my pick um, if you didn't take him. I don't think he should fall out of the first. The guy is generational, and that's kind of what we talked about earlier. Um, I'm going to go Herbert at 201. Um, Yes, he's over Burrow for me and over Tua. I love my boy Tua. 
Um, but he just looked incredible. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Going forward, I, I just have a great feeling about Herbert. Obviously, I traded my only share, which was in this league. Um, but I like the kid. I think he's got a lot of talent. You know, we'll see what a new coaching staff looks like. You know, it's always scary when a, a, a rookie quarterback loses his coaching staff in his second year. But the guy has undeniable talent. He's got every tool you could ever want. You know, he's just got to be coached. And, and he showed in spurts last year for really the first 10, 11 weeks of the year that he could be a machine. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and go Herbert as the QB1 from the class. 2.02, Corey. Oh, this this really fucking pains me. But if I'm being unbiased, the guy that I think right now, looking at the board, has the most upside is Walt's guy that I lost twenty. I think I lost twenty bucks. He Lavisca Chenault. Um, you know, you're bringing in a once in a generation quarterback, a like more. I think he because because of the quarterback change that's going to happen. I think he has more upside than Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to go LaVisca Chenault. I, I just think um, the guy's electric with the ball in his hands. I don't think he's a very good, actually, like, like route-running wide receiver, but he's really difficult to to handle in the open field. So I'm going to take LaVisca Chenault here. Okay. Ryan? Um, I, th- I actually think – I actually, on my board – think that you should have been the homer there um i'm gonna go brandon Ayuk with the next pick here uh like you've talked about i think he's a playmaker i think he is going to be the wide receiver one in san fran i don't obviously the quarterback situation is is a question mark um but i do think that he is more of a wide receiver than debo debo i do believe is a playmaker i think he's gonna they're gonna get him the ball in different ways but I do think Brandon Ayuk is, is the wide receiver one there. I, uh, I'm up here at 20.04, and I'm realizing my first screw-up. Um, had I remembered him, and obviously the two lists I'm looking at, he's down a little bit, um, I would have taken A.J. Dillon at 201 over Herbert. Um, so I'll go ahead and take him here at 204. Um, I love the upside. Obviously, there is a lot of risk still because Aaron Jones could be back. Um, but the, the upside is absolutely undeniable for me for A.J. Dillon. So 204, A.J. Dillon. Corey? You're up at 205. This is, this is probably the easiest one. I, I think Joe Burrow just stares at me and says, take me, and I'm going to take him. I think he's he's got um, weapons. He's got um, everything that you need to be a, a productive quarterback in the NFL. Um, I don't care about the injury. I think uh, Joe Burrow is the pick here, and I don't know why you – I don't know how you don't take him here. Yeah. Uh, Ryan? Uh, for me, I mean, I feel like I'm the only one that started to look at defensive players here. Um, for the next pick, I'm going to take Patrick Queen. I think that he had a really good first season. I think he's going to be a really good good linebacker. See, I was actually looking at players, a defensive player at 204, and then I realized I had missed A.J. Dillon, and you actually did not take the defensive player I thought you would. Uh, to me, it's Jeremy Chin. At yeah, it's next. <laughs> that was, was my next guy. Next. <laughs> Jeremy Chin was incredible, and I don't see, I don't see them having the assets to, you know, totally fill that front seven to where he doesn't have all that tackle opportunity again. So, I, I think Jeremy Chin's another huge player again this year. Two hundred eight, Corey. Oh, makes I, I want to take Jeremy Chin there, um, and so really, I'm looking at a bunch of offensive players again. 
And uh, I don't know how I don't take Jalen Rager just on the ba- on the ability alone. I know, I, I know it was a rough season in in Philadelphia, but again, I don't know who competes with him um, with rece- with targets, receptions, playmaking ability. I think I think you at this point, this is the second round. We've got to take a chance on Jalen Rager at some point. I'm going to take Jalen Rager here. I agree with you. Uh, Ryan, what do you got here at 209? I actually also had Jalen Rager there, so decent on our part. Uh, 2.09, I got Zach Moss. I talked about him earlier in the pod. Um, I think that he's going to be the lead guy in Buffalo, and uh, that's why I take him here. Uh, for me, I think at 210, I think I'm going to go Denzel Mims. I mean, the only reason I'm really going with him over Ruggs at the moment, and I'm, I am a, a fan of Ruggs, in this value zone. I, mean, I know Corey and I had a lot of conversation about rugs last year. I just wanted a, a shot at a, at a guy with that kind of upside. Uh, but to me, Mims, I, I fully believe that uh, the Jets take a different quarterback this year. I don't think it's Sam Darnold. I do think it's Justin Fields. Um, and I think that having a big guy like, like Mims is, is something he can rely on. And Mims should get a lot of targets. So I'm going to go Mims here at 210. Corey, what do you have at 211? Um, just the guy you were talking about. I think – at 211, Henry Ruggs has a ceiling that no one else here has. And so um, I, I'm going to take a shot on Henry Ruggs at 211 if I was in this draft pick again. And, um, you know, he might be a bust. But at 211, if he's a bust, then he's a bust and I move on with my life. But he does have the ceiling that no one else that's available left has. Right. Okay. Uh, Ryan at 212. What do you got here? Dude, gotta delete this guy. 212. Man, this is tough. Um, honestly, at 212, and this is gut because I actually had the other guy rated. Uh, nah, I'm going to do this. Um, I have the other guys rated above, but I think you're, you're going to take them. Um, I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis here. I think that he's he's been you know he had a good rookie season for a guy that didn't get drafted in our league uh and i you know i think he he's pretty much wide receiver obviously he's not wide receiver two there he's wide receiver three um with an aging white guy (laughs) as the wide receiver two in buffalo so I, I think that Gabe Davis is, you know, I, th- I think he has the ability to be a pretty good receiver. I don't think he's going to be great. You know, I don't think he's up there with the, with the good guys and wide receiver one type dudes, but I think he could have a pretty good pro career. Okay. Uh, for me, it's Tua. I, I can't let Tua drop out of second. You know, this is a 100% a homer pick. This is a me thinking that he is substantially better than he showed last year. Um, I think they draft a wide receiver at – I actually think they trade down into that 6-7 range, but I think he, they draft a wide receiver after they trade down a little bit. They still get a Devontae Smith or, or Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddell or whatever. Um, and then I think they, you know, they double down at, at either tight end or tackle or something in that late first. So I think they get two of some help, uh, maybe even a running back, somebody to take a little pressure off him. And I, th- I think he succeeds this year. You know, obviously with Ryan Fitzpatrick not being there, he doesn't have that uh, bearded wonder behind him, kind of look, making him look over his shoulder. 
I genuinely believe in Tua. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go Tua here. 214, what do you got, Corey? Let's finish this off. Um, I'm actually going to go a guy that we don't even have like on our like our board. Because like I think Ant- Antoine Winfield is probably the most talented player still available because he scored almost 200 points. But like I think we realized in you know this year that you know you can get cornerbacks that do um, almost as much as Antoine Winfield. I, I don't think you can find tight ends that do as much as Cole Komet. And I think I'm going to take Cole Komet with the last pick. I just think he has when it comes to the position scarcity um i i think he has top 10 tight end ability and so i'm gonna take cole Komet over antoine winfield even though i think antoine winfield's a really freaking talented safety okay and that's it for us boys um we did pretty good here a little bit over an hour and a half but that's not bad for an off-season pod we had some three-hour ones last year so i'm hoping to avoid those but uh cory i appreciate you being on ryan appreciate you brother um, so thank you guys for being on. This was a lot of fun. Had a blast. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Take it easy, HFFL. We'll see you next see time. See you, HFFL.